Welcome to Classroom Crush Corona Edition. Is this bad? Am I going to? I don't know. I'm Rebecca and I'm, listen, I'm podcasting in bed. I'm sitting on my bed. I'm kind of sweating. <laughs> That's gross. Listen, guys, if you want the real picture, I'm sitting in my jeans and the bra because I'm sweating because I was dancing on my rooftop because that's what you have to do when you're in quarantine and you're jobless and you uh, live in a small apartment and you don't have a boyfriend is what you have to do is you have to climb onto your roof using the rickety scary little ladder from your fire escape. You got to get up there, you got to look into the to into the sky, into the sun and you just got to dance and that's what I've been doing um for a couple days now. The thing about this is that it's very liberating and fun but also like it does hurt my knees. Like I stopped dancing for a reason and that is because I have bad knees. So it's funny that when I go to dance um, again, this problem has not been resolved and I still have bad knees. So nothing is free in um, the time of Corona and everything is pain. Today's episode, I feel, is going to be a very, um, just such a treat, a little dessert, a little, I bought chocolate oatly milk, and it's going to, and it's going to taste just as sweet as that. Like the, the taste of a bot the milk at the bottom of Cocoa Puffs, that's what this episode is going to be. And that's also what chocolate oatly milk tastes like if you've never had it. I'm just going to tell you that. If you can, if you can get it on a grocery shelf, oh my God, oh my God, snatch it up. It's making, I'm literally, I feel like I'm. My new love, my paramour of the of the quarantine time is chocolate oatly milk. I put it in my mouth and it feels good and I put it in my body and it honestly does feel better than sex. Do you know what's better than having <laughs> this? This is disgusting. You know what's okay. You know what's better than having a <laughs> you know better than having a penis inside you? Chocolate oatly milk inside you instead into your mouth. <laughs> That's where oh maybe I'll put it up my vagina. <laughs> What I'm saying is I love chocolate oatly milk and that's and and I, I and when I saw it my spirits were lifted and I am also drinking a beer currently and that's and it is 4 p.m. and that's just kind of where we're at. And this episode is going to be just like a, a cold brewski if you if you imbibe. Is that the right word? Oh my god, imbibe. Or like a delicious cold, icy cold chocolate oat milk. It's going to be like a dessert. It's going to be something that you listen, you kick back and you go <gasps> Oh, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> and honestly, what I'm trying, I think I'm what I'm going to do with this, uh, this season of the show is like, it's time for me to kick it with friends, kick it with friends that I think you would like and enjoy. Maybe you don't know them. Um, personally, maybe you don't, you're, they're not like big comedy star that, you know, um, but you're going to love them and you're going to be like, maybe they should be big comedy, comedy star that I know, or someone that I just really like and I enjoy. And that's what I'm going to try to do with this season. I'm going to call my friends and we're all going to be friends together. Okay. So let's call my friend Spencer. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, Spencer. How are you? I'm spiraling, but I'm great. How Why are you? I'm spiraling. Don't spiral. I'm just been looking at plants for like 13 days plans plants plants 
plants that other people have sort of left for me to take care of. And it's like, I can barely take care of myself. Why do you think I do you- can also take care of these plants? <laughs> so you are not one of the people that are like, I love a plant. I love to have a plant in no. my home. And like suddenly I've We're just similar become this, this way. Act- yeah, I've become an accidental mother in a way that I never planned to. And how is motherhood feeling? Like, is it, I mean, I know that it's stressful, but is it also rewarding? <laughs> well, I find it particularly shocking, you know, because I'm, <laughs> you know, growing up as the kind of woman that I am, I always sort of knew, oh, like, I'm never going to have biological children. So this isn't a stress I even need to think about. And then all of a sudden it just ends up in your lap, you know, and then. Well, maybe I you were mean, meant to be a mother this maybe whole time. You, that's the thing. Maybe, um, what did, oh my God, on an episode with Megan Stalter, I think we talked about having mother's hearts. <laughs> she said, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I was have, her term, a mother's heart. <laughs> yeah, I have a mother's heart, but not for humans, I imagine. Well, we don't know. Let's, okay. Um, first of all, welcome to, to Classroom Crush. Sorry, I just have to welcome <laughs> you to Classroom Crush real quick. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I've been thinking about this all day. I've also, I was thinking also about, you know, on the subject of mothers. This is such a good distraction for me because my mom won't stop telling me everywhere that she's going. Telling you where she's going? Like, just like keeping, her, like keeping you updated? I'm like, there should be two text messages. It's like, I am in the living room. I am in the kitchen. And that's all I want to hear. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear about book club. I don't want to hear about how the, your favorite berries only come from Costco and you have to go there. Why is she got to be going out all the time? Wait, where is she? She's in California and I'm all the way in Jersey. So it's sort of like, I can't do anything about it. It's like, she's taunting me. Yeah. I feel bad whenever I go like and I am out to go get groceries or something because I have to. I'm like, I see a bunch of oldies out and about and I'm like, go home, oldies. (laughs) Get back in your homes. (laughs) We do need to keep this area clear. Thank you. This is for the young bitches. (laughs) I strut down the street and I say, this is my block now. (laughs) I claim it as my own. Sort of like those like reserved signs that they put on like movie theater seats when it's a premiere, but just like in places. Okay, you've been to premieres. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Just like in places that my mom goes, just like putting up like a oh reserved for party on Mm. on like the Trader Joe's sort of like stores, so my mom won't enter. Or just like eat coffee. You know, we're gonna slap one on there, yeah, so that my mom doesn't show up. My mom and dad have taken to bringing their own like chairs to mm-hmm. the coffee place because they don't have chairs there anymore and so what, what they'll do is they'll order their coffee to go and then they'll just like put out their chairs outside of the coffee shop and like sit there and like drink their coffee that Wait way a and minute. it's like what <laughs> it is spencer that's the level. craziest thing i've ever heard in my whole entire life they shouldn't do that i'm scared for I'm, them should we like I'm not even going to say their names because I don't want people to come for them. But I'm also like, I mean, I, I know that you've done what you can, you know, I have siblings who are closer and like, this is their battle. At this, yeah, point. this is what I've they're... already done my yelling. Yeah. Yeah. My um, monologue. I love that for you. Um, I'm so excited that you're on my show now. 
Um, oh my god, how should I introduce you? Okay, first of all, this oh, is no. Classroom Crush, and <laughs> it's a podcast where we talk about childhood crushes and how they inform the way you view love relationships as an adult. And even though I've done a, such a long break, it's still when I say that, I'm like, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like still over it. Just kidding. I love my podcast. I really do. Um, um, and today I have a very, very special guest. Um, and wait, what's your last name? William. <laughs> okay, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say Williams. And then I and then I just was checking. I was just checking. I could have said anything. You could have, but I would have sensed if you lied to me. I'm smart. I'm Delray. Delray. Delray Beach. That's in Florida. From where I'm from. (laughs) You know Florida from where I'm from. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard of. So today, friends, okay, so you're on you're on Classroom Crush Corona edition. How do we feel about that? Um, wait, let me um, let me introduce you. Okay, so today I have my friend Spencer Williams. <laughs> she is a poet. She is an MFA at Rutgers with friend of and past guest of the show Fran Hoffner, but we will not speak her name from the year on out. <laughs> she doesn't. That's how I know you, though. She doesn't need a, she doesn't need another platform. No, everyone I, I was like asking who people want like on the show and people are like bring back Fran. I'm like she's been on it like 3 times. <laughs> <laughs> what else could she possibly say? Just kidding. I'll bring her back. We love. <laughs> but that's the end of it. No more Fran talk from from here on out. What else do what else, how else should I introduce you? Lovely poet, smart writer, one of Dreaming. the most naturally um, charismatic and hilarious people I've ever met in my entire life. I'm like, okay. Oh, that's sweet. I go, when I met you, I was like, okay, she's. That can't she's... possibly be true. No, it's like like literally true. Can I tell you, um, when I met you, I was like, okay, she's giving me a run for my money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, so she's funny. Cool. <laughs> I'm used to being funny. <laughs> I'm used to being kind of like the wacky one in the group and then Spencer comes around you know just being uh, insanely compelling and charming and funny in a crazy way and I'm like cool I thought that was my thing fine (laughs) what was the first thing we did together was it when we saw what did we we saw um Shazam no not Shazam no we met at the Metrograph restaurant um, it was like I met you, Karen Han. Oh yeah, um, and then Abby. And Abby. Oh my God, that's yeah. so true. I met you guys there. I don't remember what. I, did we were we watching something or were we just there? I have no idea. I feel like I saw Lost City of Z with Fran and Karen. Was that it? I think I just ate spaghetti. Like I don't know how <laughs> I ended up there. I love that. And then didn't we watch Shazam? And then you, me, and Fran. Oh, we can't speak her name anymore. We did see Shazam, and you guys were we not moved, that. and I did cry, and it was I my was very second moved. time. I just cry. Okay. Because that was my second time seeing it, and I still cried. And I was shocked that you guys didn't. <laughs> I truly was like, honestly, as a former foster kid, I was like, been there, done that. <laughs> but did it move you? But it did move you. You thought it was good. Um, say say Shazam was good. Shazam was, like, god tier. <laughs> I just remember that there was a whole period of time on this this very podcast where all I was doing was talking about Shazam. And then I came up with the phrase Shazam fam. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just like had a flashback into my former life. Um, simpler times. All I remember about Shazam, if I'm being honest, is sort of like the reveal towards the end when like other actors. Sort oh my of, god! Like, don't spoil play. for everyone. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm really skirting, but I'm like, it's you know, it's really good. Some people really fill out their suits in a way that is enticing. That is nice, and we like to look at it. We and we go, hmm. I'd like to see what's under there. <laughs> I love to be a voyeur as I'm watching a movie. Yeah, and <laughs> now speaking of horniness, how are we feeling during <laughs> oh, Corona no. and quarantine? How are you? How is your um? Romantic, sexual, flirty feelings <laughs> manifesting. Oh my God, it's a cardinal outside my window. This cardinal has been visiting well, me. I don't oh know what God. it means. Uh, I think You're it means sort something of like spiritual. Way where animals just come to you. Yeah, I'm basically, I think that this cardinal is actually trying to speak to me and tell me something. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> this, is what's, this is what happens when I podcast in bed. You Are know? you not going to play your little guitar riff? In I already music? played it. Do you want to play oh, it? Do, do you want to hear it? I just couldn't hear it. <laughs> No, I played it before. Um, it's a I damn called good you. Riff. You want to listen to it? Should we start the podcast? Can I bop just for a sec? Can I just hear yeah, it? I just want to hear it. Hear it so I know. So I know it's real. Yeah. Is that you playing? Is that you playing? No. I'm like, was that like you are? That's me. Like, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna start a podcast, but first I got to do the intro music, and I just like, sat in my room. Let me pull up Garage Band <laughs> real quick. I was like, gotta gotta riff it out, baby. No, that is a song <laughs> called "Falling in Love Again" by Joyce Manor. <laughs> Love that. Thanks. Yeah. Um. Okay. Back to you. And so I'm asking everyone. How are you? Um, how are you feeling um, in your quarantine in relation to um, crushing and loving and horning? Is this an opportunity for you to flirt? Are you feeling weird? How are you? Like, where are you at? Where are you at in your crush world right now? Where? Okay, I'm gonna stop talking. Where were you before <laughs> pandemic, and where are you now in your crush world? I would say that in in my crush world i was doing just fine before the pandemic in and what way just not, fine like you had a crush and it was that, nice and that i ha- and that i you know i have crushes and mm-hmm. like they're nice to sort of water and nurse and take care of mm-hmm. um and now that we're in quarantine it's pretty much the same except the other night i did walk by one of the spider plants i'm taking care of and it like i was like like, did you just wink at me? You know, like, it's like day 12. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, like, are we going to do this? Like, are we are doing we, this right now? Me and this plant? Right now? Like, me and this, like, looking really dry. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Baby, do you need some water? Like, do you need some water for mama? Um, so, and that's sort of where we're at. Very interesting. Okay, so are we starting to conflate? Are we are we starting to find um, horny feelings that are just like also happening at the same time as maternal feelings? Then yes, we want someone <laughs> yes. to take care of. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily want anything to do right now, but I will say I am finding it. I am running out of things to touch myself to <laughs> in this apartment. <laughs> Yeah. Are you alone? Like completely? Yes, I'm I'm completely alone. My roommate went back to her family. 
um, for the duration of this thing. <laughs> and so I'm truly <laughs> Well, she's, in, she's actually in Florida, where you're from. Oh, my um, God. Go, go to Florida, original. I'm just kidding. <laughs> shout out to Rachel. Love her. Um, and she's with her mom, which is great. But that means that I'm here, and I have to be my own mom in this apartment. Um that's really so mature, that's, though. So yeah, I'm I'm very alone. Are you Are you talking to people though? Are you on apps? Are you taking this as an opportunity to be um, flirting in a texting way? Well, I had a really bad. I don't know. I don't even know if I should be talking about this on air. Story but I did life. have a very bad <laughs> mishap today via text that was extremely unintentional. I did not mean for. Mm. You know, I didn't mean to flirt, you, and yet yeah. the language suggests that maybe I did. And I just want to put the record straight, straight. that I did not mean to flirt you today. You were not but trying I to text that person. That could be conceived as a flirt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but are you doing any intentional flirting right now? Um, sometimes I'm just I'll fascinated the by the way people are dealing with this, you know? Yeah, sometimes I'll walk into the bathroom, I'll like, oh, catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror and be like, would I? And the answer is usually no. Um, but I have been trying to, start, but I have been trying to be like, like, what is one thing I like about my own face today? And that's sort of like my own version of flirting. Um, yeah, flirting with yourself. I've sent out, like, I haven't sent any like risky, like Title Nine texts to anybody. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have, but that doesn't mean I haven't thought about it, you know. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm noticing people on like the Twitter timeline are getting extremely reckless. Yes. Um, and I'm trying to sort of temper myself because I know the minute that I become reckless, it's like game over. What would reckless be to you? What would what? What would like reckless mean to you? Is it sending I think a sexy it would just, text? It would literally just be sending Send. a text being like, hey, like, I'm so sorry to bother you. Like, this is so weird. I can't believe I'm actually doing this right now. Um, I'm so sorry. This is probably so annoying to read. <laughs> um, I do find you attractive, but like no biggie if you don't agree like, or like if you don't agree with me. Or, like, if you don't think that I'm attractive, too, I just want to, I just, like, had to get it off of my chest NBD. in order to survive this day. <laughs> um, don't even feel like you have to respond. Um, in fact, I would prefer it if you deleted my number. But um, I just needed to get that off my chest. And that's sort of, like, that's my so crazy. That would be so crazy of you to do. But there are multiple, there, there are some people that, if you did get there, that, you know, you have options of people that you would send that to. I think there are people that I would send it to and they would sort of receive it and be like, oh, what the fuck? Because I feel like my in-person version of flirting is I just may, I like, I don't know how to flirt in like a, like a romance cute kind of way. Like all of my flirts yeah. are like, you're a fucking asshole. Yes. <laughs> like here's you're me being asshole. mean to you. It's up to you yeah. to sort of interpret my like, my nagging you as sort of like yeah as like as like oh she's she's like interested and it's like so it's like so playground kind of like oh if he like shoves you over into the ravine it means he has a crush on you (laughs) into Um, the ravine (laughs) (laughs) we're just trying to add color we're just trying to add narrative i love Um, that yeah and it's sort of like i mean i feel like i've always yeah i'm splashing around in the (laughs) there are water moccasins everywhere um (laughs) this is (laughs) You know, she's a poet. I told you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I need to die. But it's sort of like, 
I've always sort of resisted that narrative. I'm like, obviously, that's not true. If someone's mean to you, it doesn't mean they like you. And like, you should be comfortable with that. But then for me, I'm sort of like, I don't know how to tell you that I like you. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you um, that your interest and that your taste in music um, is subpar. (laughs) And I hope that you come crawling back for more. Of course, of course. And I mean, there are people like me who are simply gluttons for it. Hell yeah. Or I'm trying not to be anymore, but I definitely was. I'm like, mean guy? Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take a guy mean mean to me and I'll say, hello, hello, hello. Hello, thank you so much for paying attention to me. Okay, let's figure out why you do this. No, okay, so you mentioned playground, which automatically automatically (laughs) makes me think about when you're being a child and when you're running around the playground (laughs) and and where you do that, sometimes at school, also known as a escuela. And And a school, there's a classroom. And in the in the classroom would you maybe have a crush <laughs> let's talk about it the way that you just did that is like more cohesive than sort of like i've been teaching composition writing for like two years now <laughs> and it's so hard to get people to just sort of map the narrative sure. but what you just did right now is like a master class in okay mapping the narrative. so you're saying that i'm a genius and i actually go to school and i actually yeah. am in school for sure okay i'll take it Spencer, ring ring, clashes in session. Who are we going to talk about today? First, what do you oh, do? You, no. Do we know? Do you do do you have a? I thought you had. Do you have a list? I do have a list. I love that. Um, I love. And I imagine, I imagine, sort of like the good thing to do would be to not use their actual name. Sure, um, fine. You so can be like, Howard. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, have people like really just sort of gone on your podcast and been like, "This is their real name." I hope they listen to this. Yeah, m- me, Rebecca Bolnes. <laughs> 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 I'm like Brennan Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm currently tracking you on the Snapchat world map. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> there's that. That there's oh, that. Yeah. That exists. Yeah, you can you can literally like open up. This is tangential, but you can open up Snapchat and there's like a map, That's and it'll crazy. let you can find out where people are and then you can also zoom in to an extreme degree and like you might find someone's apartment complex you know it's very bad i should do that for never mind (laughs) 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 they're just like a couple people that i was like um that i thought were cute at work and i no longer have work so i'm like well today would be the the, like now would be the opportunity (laughs) to strike (laughs) because i don't yeah because it wouldn't be technically bad but i don't know no title nines for you yeah but the the, but also i still can't like go to their apartment (laughs) no you can't you really can't i can't do that okay fine (laughs) okay where do we want to start on your crush journey where are you taking okay, me to? Journey, where am I taking you to? Well, I'm going to need to take you all the way back mm. to Rosebank Elementary School in Chula Vista, California. Ever heard of it? Chula Vista, California? Chula Vista, California. So it's like it's like the most south you can get in California. It's like three minutes away from the Mexican border. Hot. Um, hot. As a spicy Latina myself. Yes, um, we love it, to be spicy. Le- okay, this is controversial and crazy to have two spicy Latinas on one podcast. That's a lot of fuego. People are saying, 
ay, ay, ay. <laughs> you were going, I need some water. I can't. Uy, arriba. It's too, spicy. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're a spicy Latina close to the border. It's like, yeah, I'm a spicy Latina close to the border. I'm also a stupid apusa. And that's sort of like... <laughs> and please explain to our... Um, <laughs> English-speaking uh, <laughs> listeners, what that means. I'm like, Google it. But also, like, I mean, I was, and I still am to this day, what we Americans would sort of refer to as a dumb bitch. A dumb bitch, cool. Great. Um, or just sort of like a sloppy And hoe, why? You and know? why? Tell me why. Um, because Tell I me find why that I'm, I will. Time. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry I did that on your podcast. Um, I, it's also, did you like hear my voice crack? Just like it was beautiful with that like one note. Like no, mm, it was good. It was she's good. fired. Okay, um, why are you a dumb bitch? Tell me. Okay, well you know I am a dumb bitch, but also it's like I think in elementary school I was sort of coming into my dumb bitchiness, mm-hmm. um, and so it was sort of trial and error. But there was this one boy um and we'll say that this was like we'll mark it at fourth grade it might have been third grade okay Um, and and it was a sort of a tragic story because inevitably like he was my school bully uh did he wait was he (laughs) your school school bully first or no after no no first okay tell me everything Um, yeah, so I don't even know, like, can you maybe give him a pseudonym? Um, yeah, uh, he's your, he becomes your bully? Um, no, he, he's, he sort of he begins this he, narrative he, as my bully. He's your bully, Tucker. <laughs> Tucker? Yeah. Mother Tucker. Um, so he's <laughs> sort of, like, there. Tucker's there. And, like, here's the thing. Like, I have, I've had sort of this speaking voice. Mm-hmm. For my whole life, and it's I understand it to be extremely grating, um, <laughs> and very nasal, very um, valley. I'm not from the valley, um, just like pure gay voice, I'm... like through and through. Okay. And this is sort of something that I've had forever, including in the fourth grade. And I don't know how this happened. Mm. I think actually, if I have a theory, if I can put a theory on it, tell me. It's sort of like I had a lot of stuffed animals growing up that I would give voices to. Okay. And I didn't have a lot of friends. I mean, obviously, I'm not, like, coming out here being like, I had no friends. Like, I had friends, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, my stuffed animals, like, were sort of, like, my... Your crew. My line of, my line of blanket, like, my crew, my squad. squad. Like, we would roll up, Hashtag you know? squad and goals. Squad goals, like... <laughs> Beanie Babies galore, yeah. and it's sort of like, I would give all of them voices, but my voice at the time was sort of like, I mean, it was a child's voice, so sure. puberty hadn't hit yet, so like, I'm screeching, <laughs> um, and I think sort of like slivers of that screechiness, like, even as I went through puberty, it, the screechiness was sort of like, but what if we like jumped in, in the middle of puberty and sort of like interrupted a little part of that and just remained and so i think that's sort of like where i get kind of this, your cadence my cadence your gorgeous um, cadence so but like again so i'm circling back but basically i've had this voice forever and this is like of the voice of someone who 
um, gets sort of called the F word a lot on the mm-hmm. playground by, you know, athletic boys. Well, because this is like what, um, what year also? This is like, this is this like is peak like two, F word. Like, this is like before it gets better. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's the you peak. Know, before Glee, before Glee kind yes. of comes around. Um, and saves like, us. A, <laughs> and saves us. Um, no, it's like before Glee made like gay people evil again, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's sort of like in order to become evil again, we had to sort of be good first. And sure. it's like this is sort of. I can be your angel time. or your devil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that. <laughs> wow. I, um, we're, we're literally so we're smart. Really, <laughs> we're, we're doing that. So, yeah, so I have this voice. People would sort of come up to me on the playground all the time and be like, You sound like a. Yeah. Can I just. Can I, I find that I say the word a lot in my day to day life as sort of. Yeah. Some kind of like reclamation. Can I just sort of say the word? Oh, yeah. Sure. I okay. Mean, yeah. So they, I would, yeah. I mean, everyone would call me like a faggot like all the time. And like, you know, as, you know, as like a growing 10 year old or whatever, like I obviously did not enjoy it. Sure. Um, we might say in 2020, Spencer feels a little bit differently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any takers. It's called um, growth. But now it's sort of like, yeah, so like in the fourth grade, it was it like would really get to me, and it'd be like, "That's very rough." I'm not a, like I'm not a faggot. Like I'm not um, with, with with sort of that voice, and like Tucker would sort of be saying this, he'd be nagging me, and it like would hurt. He was very wait, popular. is that nagging? I don't think that's nagging. <laughs> bullying. That's just bullying. I mean, I love that. I love your reinvention, <laughs> but it sounds like yeah, that it was is bullying. Bully. It was straight bully, straight bully. Um, and so, yeah, and like Tucker was very popular. Yeah. Um, got along great with the fourth grade ladies. Um, <laughs> played all of the sports. Was really, really good at kicking a ball and doing that. Love that. Um, like very good at it collected like had the dopest Yu-Gi-Oh card was like really <laughs> killing it on all so he was just levels. like high status in all ways yeah and it was sort of like on the opposite side of that it's very much like a Taylor Swift dichotomy of like you know mm. she wears short skirts I wear, I wear t-shirts. t-shirts you know it's like yeah. he has Yu-Gi-Oh cards I have Pokemon cards <laughs> he plays like kickball really good and I cry when a ball touches me um so that's sort of like the dichotomy there and like the worst part is that my father would always sort of volunteer at the elementary school because they would always need like parents um chaperones to bring in like Capri Suns and stuff and so my dad would always volunteer because he loves um, he loves that shit. He's the youth. He loves the youth. He loves to participate. Um, and I truly hate to participate. <laughs> um, and so my dad would sort of make friends with all of my school bullies. And so inevitably every year I would Did have he a, know like, that they were your school bullies? Yes. I would come home Aww. and I would be like a sobbing mess. Like, oh, and then it's sort of like, you know, we fast forward and it's like, Dustin was right. Um, but I keep saying his it's okay. Name. It's okay. He's just honestly like I'm just gonna keep with it. Like he he doesn't listen to things probably. Probably not. Um, so Justin, if you're out there, I have no. Also, no that's just such you. a bully in name. Fact, in fact, text me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So how does this how does this become up. a crush for you? So it, it became a crush for me because ultimately every year I would have sort of 
the classic birthday party, um, <laughs> which basically meant we would go to like a place that had a bouncy house um, and an arcade. And that's sort of like classic. That's classic like so E-day. rock and roll. So rock and roll. Um, <laughs> just like really killing it with like the second three. Yeah. And it's sort of like, so, but my dad would sort of, I would invite all my friends and they were always just all girls. Yeah. Um, and then like two, two like other boys in my class who would like draw during biology <laughs> class, you know, like that kind sensitive boys, <laughs> sensitive boys. And we would inevitably all do like theater together later on as we grew up. But basically Beautiful. like my dad would sort of be like, okay, great. You invited all these awesome people that you love to spend time with, but this just doesn't feel chaotic enough. So what if <laughs> I invited your school bullies to your birthday party oh every year? Oh my God, dad. And so my dad would invite sort of like the Josh boys to my parties and I would always protest. My mother would protest with me. We would both protest. And my dad would always sort of be like, you know, like they're kids and like who doesn't love a party? And like it should be like an open space for everyone to sort of have fun and celebrate you, Spencer, as you grow another year older. Um, And it was sort of like, I think he thought that like if I could sort of get a grip on myself that like maybe... um, I would become best friends yeah, with all of he wanted the you to sports, be friends with them. All of the sports boys and then maybe I might take an inkling of an interest in sort of also participating in kickball and then he could come yes. cheer me on at my kickball games of and course. maybe that was like a whole fantasy he's concocted for himself. Sure. Um or maybe I'm projecting. Maybe that's what I wanted deep down. But <laughs> ultimately Dustin came would come to my birthday parties and Dustin would sort of he would come to my birthday parties and he would be like a completely sort of different person outside of school of course evil of course evil um <laughs> or insecure and so yeah you know we want to inject some empathy there but of it's course. also like i mean so dustin dustin and i would sort of engage in dance dance revolution dance off <laughs> at the arcade you know and so it's like at some point, it's like we laid our weapons down and we did what needed to be done. <laughs> and you had, and, and like, you just danced. Gonna be okay. And we just danced. It's gonna be okay. And usually, it was sort of like you know, it was like the songs that were on Dance Dance Revolution. I like. I'm wondering if I like made this up, but I'm almost positive one of them was like Peaches' "Fuck the Pain Away." I think that could be true. I think that could I be. I think it was true because it was like early 2000. Yeah, um, yeah. There was never sort of like a haze code for popular music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that was sort of the song. That was the song. And so that and like Milkshake. Of course, a classic. Um, and so like Dustin and I would sort of get our dance on and it was like a really lovely time. And like in these sort of blitz, like Dustin would be like very caring like very sweet and very like fun to be around and I am a part of me that got to sort of enjoy what it meant to have Dustin sort of briefly in my inner circle for two seconds because Dustin yeah. was super popular. Was it like his attention felt cool, very nice? Sort of and it was also like I mean when Dustin was nice to me ultimately all of the other straight boys who were bullies sure. would also then become nice to me because Dustin was sort of the example that they would kind of follow. He was the leader of the pack. And so he really would like play me hot and cold where like on my birthdays or like in sort of outside school environments, like we would get on just fine. But the second, you know, we heard that bell, it was like, 
that like fountain mall scene in Mean Girls where everyone sort of acts like an animal. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's sort, of, it's sort of like that. Um, were you nervous around sort of like, him when you guys were interacting like outside of school or was, were you A little like, bit because I was also like, ooh, like what Dustin am I getting happen? today? Yeah. You know, like what, like it, it was sort of like a choose your own adventure, but it was like pre-chosen and I didn't know what the answer was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it was sort of like, it was like, it was, it was confusing, risky. but yeah. it was also sort of like, there was something about it where I was like, if Dustin is nice to me today, like it'll be a great day. Aww. But if Dustin is not nice to me today, it will be a like, bad day. We're gonna we're gonna need some. Uh, we're gonna need a white wine, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need to like unwind. We're gonna later. need an apple juice, <laughs> a high tea. Yeah, um, that has to be confusing. So were you recognizing? Of- were you recognizing it as a crush? Like, I think I started to recognize it a little bit as a crush where it, it was less of a crush and more of a desire for the nice Dustin that I knew to sort of always be the one that was present. Mm-hmm. And so when it ultimately became that Dustin was not nice, it became sort of a longing for like the other version that I felt I knew to be true that maybe other people didn't know about. Ah, um, yeah. And, you know, the classic and, you know, I see can, something others don't thing. Right. And we can sort of project sort of, oh, maybe this maybe this was sort of the beginning of my call-me-by-your-name narrative, or, like, maybe this was sort of my queer awakening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I recognized, like, a kinship. I don't know. But, like, well, that, that is was very sort of interesting, because, like, it's a still, still a longing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. longing for this... I don't know. Yeah, like, when does it become um, something more beyond the obvious, like, oh, well, now I'm longing to kiss that version of this person or whatever you know like that's like an obvious shift but when does it become more of like like because it because it honestly does also just sound like survival instincts of like of course yeah I really want that that Dustin to be around because he's nice to me you know and not gonna ruin my day or threaten like you know Mm -hmm. anything but like right. when, does, when does it shift into something beyond that? Um, and it was sort of, it was, I mean, it was just more complicated than sort of a regular school bully dynamic because I feel like if he was mean to me all the time and like there never was sort of those moments where he was nice, like I could have actually probably stomached it easier. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this is just a clear cut case of you're bullying. choosing to be like this. Right. And then like sort of, this. exactly. And that was sort of frustrating but it sort of made me long for that version because i knew that it existed in these sort of spurs yeah um and inevitably it was sort of like the bullying didn't stop and i didn't stop feeling like hurt by it but there was sort of like i guess we could call it like the first brush of kind of desire for sort of like the other um you know side of someone that like you know is there and you know it's present Mm -hmm. um and it's sort of like and then to feel sort of the withholding of that at the same time, you know, like very yeah um, emotionally edging. Totally, that's what um that's that's very that's a very conf- do you think that would that's like your first crush because that's a very confusing sort of first. I would say so. Yeah. I would say that that was my first sort of brush with kind of like having a desire for someone and not knowing how to language kind mm-hmm. of that desire. Yeah. Um, in any sort of articulate way. And obviously um, you weren't like acting on it in any way, really, were you? Correct. No, I wasn't. 
Um, in fact, I was doing everything I could to sort of resist. Yeah. Um, obviously. I mean, how did you like feel about, about having it? About having that? Like, what was that desire like? You know, I like, mean, it was really scary because, I mean, it was still during that time period where, like, I mean, there was no TikTok, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it felt really scary. It felt really isolating to sort of have, exactly, pre <laughs> PG. And it was sort of like, it felt isolating. I didn't necessarily have anyone to talk to about it because all of, of like, the media you would see surrounding gay people were, like, mm-hmm extremely violent or like not favorable or like you know so like there were political conversations happening around me that I didn't necessarily understand because I was a child but like the energy of that though is something that could still be felt um and so it was like a scary time and so I did the only thing that you know someone in my position would do and it was um I started to do musical theater Cause you gotta sing, you gotta sing it out, <laughs> right? Like, do you yeah, agree? You literally that. So I was like, well, you know, people are already gonna be calling me a faggot. I'm gonna give them a reason, you know. <laughs> Let's lean in. Let's <laughs> and I really lean reason. in. What if I was in a production of Cats? Like, how would that go? How would Which that cat were you? Which cat were you? Okay. So this is jumping ahead, like, quite a bit. Do you um, want to jump ahead? But, is that okay? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we'll jump ahead. Um, so I want to tell you a little bit about my theater days. Please. And when and is And so this? I have to be, So this is from the ages of 8 to 18. <laughs> yes, great. So we can a sort of begin. A decade. <laughs> we can begin when I'm, like, maybe, like, 13. I've grown a consciousness. I'm half of a person. Sure. Um, I have, I'm able to sort of articulate some sort of desires, et cetera. Um, I'm very moody. I'm listening to my chemical romance. Of I course. have my hair over one eye. You're not okay. Um, which I will regret in five years because I will have to get glasses. Um, <laughs> but, and it, it'll also be like the hair over the eye. Like my mom has like, I don't know if it, it I always took it as a joke whenever she would nag me about this, but I would always put my hair over one eye and she'd be like, well, you're going to lose in that eye and I always was like mom what do you know you're not a like a eyeglass person you don't know anything about eyes optometrist (laughs) yeah you don't know anything about optometry and then like my senior year of high school we like or like it might have been junior year they made us all do like an eye exam or whatever and they were like oh baby you need glasses and like your left eye is significantly worse than your right and I was like oh my god (laughs) I was like really okay emo-ness made me blind blinded me (laughs) oh my god that's that's Um, very dramatic it was so dramatic but not as dramatic as me being in musical theater and I do have to sort of preface this by saying I am a deeply untalented performer (laughs) like I am mediocre I don't believe like I know I'm sure that like people have probably come onto this podcast and have been like I always like I was always a star like I had triple threat um yeah (laughs) I don't think anyone said that except for maybe me (laughs) I'm like I am a triple threat (laughs) I didn't want to say it um and it's like I know that you're a playwright you know and so it's like this is sort of your world and I kind of yeah um oh my god I forgot that I'm a playwright Sorry, go on. <laughs> you are a playwright. It's true. Um, so yeah, I was deeply untalented. I would always get ensemble roles. 
which like in my opinion are like the best roles oh yeah they're because characters you're like character actors. you're like 10, you're like 10 different people yeah that's and fun. It's like you're always in the back you can have conversations with your friends while you're on stage <laughs> and no one will know because you don't have a mic back <laughs> You don't you have a mic do back. That. You should. You shouldn't do it. You should be in the scene. You should be engaged in the scene. But like again, this only serves to show you that I was not cut out for this world. Sure, sure. Um, but that's where you felt like you would hold be comfortable. A note. Um, could not hold a note. Sure. Um, pretty much, we could say tone deaf. Maybe. Um, <laughs> can't really dance. Um, don't really have the the body for that. Um, and then like in terms of acting again this is my voice it's not going anywhere you know <laughs> and I it was one I of those things see you in those plays Ugh. well and I would always either get cast as like ensemble or I would get cast the other direction and it would sort of be you're the grandfather character oh, like fun. again and again and again I was cast as sort of like an old man and any fun, show that had an old man I would always be the old man which I think is sort of like them being like you can do one thing, you know, <laughs> What's your old man. Um, voice? Well, that's the thing that I could do. What and I, I don't know if I can do it anymore because I obviously went through puberty, but I would sort of like, <laughs> um, like really kind of get into like being old in like a very extreme way. I would like shake my arms. Like I sort of was like the classic old like I had palsy, person, like, you know? Ugh. Yeah. Like near, like just inches from death, oh, like child. every show. <laughs> I was in um, a production of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Wow. I was the grandfather that did not go to the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I was wow. the grandfather that they were like, stay your ass in the bed, eat your cabbage soup, and then lights and then out for you. You're done. <laughs> wow. And then you're done. You're freaking done. But I bet you. Um, so that's sort of, yeah. those are the roles that I coveted. Got but it. I also, like, I mean, I'm, I mean, and I knew that about myself too. So, like, I did a lot of shows at San Diego Junior Theater. Shout out. Um, sure. <laughs> Annette Benning took a class there once. Stop. Is what the website My says. queen. Um, so, like, I would sort of, whenever you would audition for a show there, you got to sort of put down what your desired role would be. And then maybe if you got a callback, they would audition you for that role. But it never meant that you would, like, get that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everyone would always be like, obviously, like I'm putting in the lead role. Like, obviously we want the lead. Like we want the lead. Yeah. Audition me for the lead. And I would always be like, oh, so this is my audition for Peter Pan. Who do I want to be? Like, who do, who could I embody? Yeah. And the answer was, oh, I'm going to put down that I want to be the crocodile. <laughs> Nonverbal role. No dancing. I don't have to learn choreography. There's no song for me to sing. And Perfect. so I put that. I put that down on my desired role and I got it. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of you. And I had two seconds of stage time. I got on my belly onto a skateboard. Someone stepped me across (laughs) the stage once at the end of act one. And then I would come back on at the end of act two, eat Captain Hook and then skateboard off again. And that was sort of the extent of my role. Wow. But I got a great costume. It was truly a tour de force. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was amazing. But sort of like those were the roles that I was like, I mean, that's that's your level of um, musical theater performance. I was like, I could really dig into this. Sure. Um, But so there was another crush at the sort of in in the sort of in these formative years of my youth. Yeah. Um, There was. 
because the age gap was literally like ages 8 to 18. So you would have like eight year olds in the same dressing room as like 17, 16 year olds. And it was like a very dysphoric experience. Yeah. Wow. I feel like um, there's, a lot, <laughs> there's a lot to, to explore there. A lot to unpack. <laughs> a lot to unpack. And it sort of was like when you go to a natural history museum and you see like the evolution of man. <laughs> like it's sort of like it's kind of yeah it's sort of like that diorama Got of it. like oh like here like here it is honestly scary um, <laughs> it's horrifying and it's sort of like you have children brushing up against like men and it's like yeah because we're a lot all of chasing into our become... silly clown costumes yeah. Like, is, there's some, like, 17-year-olds that are out here looking like men, you know? That are out here looking, okay, yes. Um, and then there are 18-year-olds there, too. So it's sort of yeah. like, honey, you can vote, you know? Um, <laughs> honey, go pack a, uh, buy a pack of cigs and go vote, why don't you? Buy me a magazine, you know? Um, <laughs> and it's sort of like, so that's sort of the, obviously, it's like a very, like, um kind of like nervous environment to be in yes. as you're sort of kind of discovering who you are sure. um, and sort of also like as you're discovering that like you might be really into guys and mm-hmm. so to then be thrown into a room where it's like here's of the guys. literal development of boy to man Take all around pick. you it's sort of like <laughs> yeah it was sort of overwhelming yeah um overwhelmingly horny and it's sort of it all sort of began I think when I was in a production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Great. And the person that they cast as Joseph was mucho spicy, you know? Mucho caliente. Caliente. um, Mucho caliente. Walking habanero. Ay, ay, ay. um, Really, yeah. El pollo loco. (laughs) Pollo tropical, (laughs) chicken on the grill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Give him give him a name because I, I okay. really don't want to say his name. He might actually okay. want to hear um, So he's so he's a Latin. He's 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 a Latin. Flavor. Oh no, he's white. He's white. Oh, he's white. We just think he's I'm caliente. I'm the Mexican one, and that's, I'm I the Mexican thought he was caliente. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is Brian. Sure. Okay, his name is Brian. <laughs> um, great this is like his energy um yes you know like you you can never do you ever like look at a like a straight white dude and you're just like <laughs> yeah Brian. yeah seth brian you're like fucking seth david um noah yeah i um, only know david's and dan's and matthew's i swear to god <laughs> yeah um so yeah so the brian was cast as joseph and brian at this point is like 17 years old hot, goes to like a very age. um <laughs> i should not say like hot very... after someone says 17. <laughs> i didn't want to be the one to, to tell you but i was like you know I, what i I'm mean when like... you're like when you're like a teenager 17 if you're if you're like, like 15 and a boy is 17 I, I, I. <laughs> the second i hang up i'm calling hr um <laughs> I'm but, unemployed. Like, no one so, can tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got laid off. I can say anything. Miss <laughs> Rona did that. Um, so, so Brian was sort of, and like we could call him an Adonis a little bit. Oh, we can. Um, Interesting. We can. Sculpted. He was like very ripped for like he was like a jock who like the reason he was always cast I think in these roles is because he wasn't toned up. And he was very pretty, mm-hmm. um, and like he could sort of move his body because he played sports a lot. And Ooh, so it's like la, la, you get la. one straight boy 
in yeah. the middle of like musical theater and they're and definitively kind of straight definitively straight definitively straight and it's sort of like you don't even ever like you don't even need to be talented they'll give you your role yeah you know? you're gonna get that lead you're gonna get that role you're gonna book it sweetie yeah. um and the faggots are gonna gag <laughs> and it's sort of like so and I, I i haven't sort of told you what my role is in the show yet so i think i'm at this point i'm 13 or 12 i can't remember but 13 he's like or 12. okay 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 13 okay. or 12 i am not i have i'm in an ensemble part so again i have multiple duties i am at once one color of the coat <laughs> i'm the color mob i was gonna ask you are you the coat <laughs> i was a color on the coat Beautiful. me and like 50 other kids were like colors on the coat I was like an Egyptian slave. Like I was classic. Um, which is true. I like wore like a tie dye shirt at one point. I don't know what I was there. Mm. Like a villager. Um, how much? So how much FaceTime are you getting with um, Brian on stage? Zero, absolutely. <laughs> except for this one scene where, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Joseph. I mean, no, not really. But, like, if I could give, like, the quick spark notes, it's, like, Joseph has brothers who are mad jealous of him because he's got the looks, he's serving body, um, <laughs> he's serving looks. Yeah. He's pens across the board, and the brothers are, like, we're gagged, you gotta go. <laughs> and so they try to kill him, but it doesn't work. Like, Joseph rises again, like, smoke, he rises. And it's sort of, like... Oh, my God. And then some, one thing leads to another. He becomes sort of, like, emperor... He gets a lot of power, but before he gets a lot of power, he is sort of chained in a prison. Okay. He's sort of like chained there, and he may or may not be like somebody's um, like sex kind of like sex slave, etc. Um, um, excuse me, this sounds a little inappropriate. But it's sort for of like in a biblical sense, you know. <laughs> We're all sex slaves to God. Honestly, and it's sort of the like, Bible is so not safe for work. <laughs> So not safe for work. It's so NF, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like, so there's a scene where he had to take off his shirt and like oh he had chains on both of his wrists. Oh my and god! Then the director was like, "Well, we're gonna have the coat come back for this scene." So it was like fifty small children surrounding this like ripped seventeen-year-old, and we're all just <laughs> holding a candle. We all just hold one candle up to him while we're singing to him, and, and you it's praise like, him. Like, it's sort of like we're sacrificing him or we're praising him. It's like, what are we doing? In chains. That is <laughs> so horny. <laughs> it's like Rihanna, like chains and whips and chains. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so we're doing this, like, and it's supposed to be like, he's supposed to be demoralized at this point. Like, Joseph is sort of feeling some deep, deep feelings. Yeah. And just really depressed, so doing really down on, down on his knees, oh you know? God. And it's like, we and that. we're just. We, the children of the coat, are just sort of surrounding him with our candles, singing, you know, our song to him. <laughs> I, at this point, I knew pretty much. I was like, I'm into dudes, yeah. and this is how I look. Um, I had not transitioned yet, so I was sort of like, I mean, are we not always in a constant state of transition, et cetera, et cetera? Et cetera but also, et cetera. like, in that sort of moment, I was like, definitively, like, I'm a skinny, lanky. I mm-hmm. thought I was a skinny, lanky gay dude. And it was sort of like, here's this really hot, straight jock who, like, also can sing and dance, which is, like, yeah, was honestly there, rude. That is that is rude. Was there anyone um, there that was, uh, like, not out, but, like, you were, like, that person's probably gay? 
Oh, everyone. Everyone. Everyone but this person. And I think that's and sort you of had like no the interest in the others. Well, no, because we were all pining after him at the same time. Okay, so everyone was, there was no, there was no, we were a united looking front. at each other. No, we were like a united front towards You're like, one, Brian is our of, god. <laughs> Brian is our, our, our straight Oh my god, it's, it's like, it's literally like camp. Finally, I get to reference camp again. It's really camp. It's yeah. truly camp. Um, <laughs> I've been missing referencing camp every other episode. More camp than the Met Gala, and it's truly like, <laughs> So yeah, so we would all be in the changing room and Joseph is like a pretty dance heavy show or at least our version was. So mm-hmm. a lot of the guys had to wear dance belts. Oh my God. And I'm sure you're familiar with what a dance belt is. It's yeah. essentially a thong for men to wear yeah. so that when they dance, it's not like gonads bouncing everywhere, <laughs> bouncing you know? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's so, just what's like, going on in the dressing room. So that's what's going on in the dressing room. I didn't have to wear it myself because, again, I'm a child and I don't have to do a lot <laughs> of work. Yeah. Um, I just get to sort of be there and enjoy being amongst people. And it's sort of like, but I would also be in the dressing room changing into my tie-dye shirt at the same time that maybe Brian was, you know, stripping off his um, shorts to then put on another pair of shorts. But the only thing he was wearing under them was like the jock strap. And you're like, oh my lordy lord. <laughs> and it truly really was sort of like, I'm gonna need a chair. Yeah. Like I'm gonna need to sit down. Like that stresses I'm gonna me need out so much. Like to to just to just be like trapped there, you know? To be and trapped there that? while every just like everyone in their underwear. But then also this is like tangential, but we would have this thing during intermission where like if you were a family member or a close friend of someone in the cast or crew, you could send them a piece of candy and it would get back to them backstage, you know, during intermission, a candy yeah. gram, if you will. Um, and like, this is completely unrelated, but one time my older brother, like bought a candy gram, but he didn't know sort of like where to put it. Like he didn't know like, Oh, is there like a box that we put it in? And then it goes to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mom was just like, Oh, just like go backstage and just like give it to center yourself. Um, so my brother's like, okay. And so my brother like went, my brother's sort of like a bit older than me. Mm-hmm. So he like was trying to find me back there. And so he goes into sort of the boys dressing room looking for me. And it's just like, he appears, he looks like a man. Um, and it's just <laughs> a bunch of like young boys in their underwear to like oh turn and like see my brother holding candy. And they just <laughs> scream and he looks horrified and I wasn't even in the dressing room at that point like I was in the hair and makeup oh or whatever God. so it was just like my brother walking in <laughs> holding candy up hey kids. <laughs> yeah truly that was the energy and like we talk about it like every time we see each other I'm like remember that time when <laughs> the cops almost came um, <laughs> when you were almost taken away in cuffs <laughs> yeah remember when you tried to get me a piece of candy and it almost <laughs> got you 25 to life um <laughs> That is so funny and very stressful to me. Very stressful. Um, and Had so, you ever like, like, I mean, spoken to Brian? Did you speak to Brian? Like, what was the vibe there? Was he just like an untouchable? I was so like, scared element? of him. Okay, I was so intimidated and I was so scared that I could never muster up the courage to sort of approach. Also, because like as a seventeen-year-old, yeah. why the hell would you want to spend any time with a twelve-year-old or a thirteen-year-old? Like, why would you ever want a thirteen-year-old buddy? You know, like that yeah. looks so sad. Um, and it's like you're like a popular jock, and everyone wants to be your friend. Why would you? But he even seemed nice. He wasn't like a like, bully. I had a like bowl cut. <laughs> no, he wasn't a bully. Okay. Um, I had a, but like I had a bowl cut. You know, like I would wear. You know, I, I would. I went you. through this phase where I would always wear a hat. 
<laughs> just a hat. And that would that could be anything too. Like if <laughs> I went through like a fedora. I went through like a baseball hat. Like I just something about my bowl cut was so distressing for me that yeah. I had to cover it up. Yeah. So I would always wear some. Kind and you're of also just finding hat. your style. You're finding your style. I was a hat girl. You know. I love it. Um, I love it. <laughs> and so finally one day I like approached. Brian and oh, I was sort of like, "Hi, Brian. Like, I'm Spencer. We haven't met. Like, very brave of me to that do that. That is so brave. Oh so my brave. god, it I'm gonna a, start it, crying I, I just listening to, to you say this. I had to build up to it, and I was like, "Hi, Brian. Um, we don't really know each other. I'm Spencer. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say you're doing a really good job in the show, and Stop. like, um, and he's like, and I, and I think I was also like, and like we haven't like formally met each other, and he was like, dude, we're in the same show was his response to me just like dude we're in the same show that's my impression of a straight person please hire me that's um, hot that's hot <laughs> i'm <and> Renan. <laughs> thank you so much um character work um still got it <laughs> um and he like all he said to me very flatly was sort of like dude we're in the same show like I know who you are and then he sort of took off and that was like the last sort of oh interaction that we had where it was just sort of one-on-one but wait wait I need to know what what made you um what what made you finally approach him like what was the goal and like, I think it was sort of the stress and the fear of like this person is going to graduate and if I don't make myself known in some way like sure. I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life wow and, and now it's sort of like but it's like, it's weird now because I'm obviously, <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but I'm an adult. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I mean, and Brian's an adult too. And we are like adults on the internet and we follow each other on Instagram now. Interesting. And we're like Facebook friends. And I'm like How's he looking? 24. <laughs> and so it's like, it's normal for us to now have conversations because we're both and you do have and you do have conversations no we do not ever talk um but you follow each other we follow each other and like i've sort of seen brian's life unfold um and he still looks exactly as he did when he was 18 um but that might also be sort of like my projections of the thing i would like to think that i do not look like a 13 year old still i don't think Um, i might be very wrong i would tell Um, you if if you look like a 13 year old I'm like, if I could be as snatched as I was when I was 13, <laughs> like, I would take that. But. I mean, it's so sicko. Um, you want to talk about, like, bad body image stuff. Like, when I was a dancer, I'm like, the body was amazing. I was also 13. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, it's, I was like, I'm like the quads on her. <laughs> I'm like, the oh, arms. my God, you can see her ribs. Like... <laughs> It's so fucked up. It's really. Where is she? She turned sideways. She disappeared. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's sort of what I was working with. I was always very self-conscious about sort of what my body looked like back then. But like now I would give anything to have that body again. Sure. How did that, how did that manifest in your, in your crushing? Were you ever like, well, tr- yeah, tell me. I think it also was like the first kind of blip of me sort of feeling uncomfortable with sort of like what I had sort of been assigned at first. Sure. Gender-wise, because I mean, I was in sort of such a controlled environment of like witnessing like male bodies changing like every day. Yeah. Um, for like a three-month-long sort of journey, um, and it's sort of like for each show, it like took three months to sort of even get it to the stage. And so we would spend a lot of time together, and then in the dressing room and re- like tech rehearsals, etc. Like I would be in that environment of like everyone changing and everyone sort of having a body exposed. 
mm-hmm. and like really sort of it's hard not to sort of compare your body to like everyone else's body when that's sort of you know that tight confined space yeah um, and there's nothing to really do but sort of see and observe um even if you don't like even if you're not like out here that makes me sound so creepy like all i did no, was no no i mean um, well of course but and what is that making you think when you're looking like it made me feel really really sort of distraught about my own sort of body and like how i sort of saw my body in comparison to everyone else's bodies mm-hmm. um and just sort of like not necessarily feeling something wasn't sitting right and not being able to kind of put a name to what that feeling was because sure. at the time like I had no sort of exposure to anything related to trans. Oh yeah, I mean, like the language community. wasn't even really there, like in a or like it was there, way. it was just not accessible for me. Yeah, um, because I didn't know anyone, um, yeah. and like you know the violences, et cetera. And it's sort of like it was, but it was sort of like the first blip of like, oh, like maybe I feel like I'm not supposed to be in this room. Sort of like with sort of but are you also at the is. same time like desiring those bodies like are you like watching a little them bit and, like, it's sort of yeah it was like not for you of, to have but for you oh for sure to like yeah to be like, it would horny be so for. nice to sort of <laughs> to sort of be horny for that and then not have it myself like i would sort of like to come back here with like as sort of like cast for the ghost you know like mm-hmm. i would prefer to sort of be a non-entity here but I can also see that, like, ultimately, this is something that I desire, but I do not desire it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I do not want to sort of mirror my desire, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, Which is so interesting, because, like, I feel like, I mean, just the two crushes that you told me about. Um, well, I guess maybe just Brian. Like, do, well, do I you think feel Brian that any too, of... What? what? It, well, it was sort of like, I, like... I am enamored with Brian, but I also want to be the exact opposite of Brian. Yes. And I also think knowing that he was straight too, there was a small part where I was like, I want to be the exact opposite of Brian on the off chance that mm-hmm. he might then be interested in me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it was sort well, of that like would that the, was, that would be the only version, you know, like that would. Yeah. I feel like, but but it, do you, did you feel that these crushes, so they weren't necessarily aspirational to you. Or were they in some way? Like, is there sort of in what sense? In the sense of like, um, of well, because it's I I feel like Dustin's maybe a little bit aspirational, just in the sense of like being around them and their status, like maybe makes you feel like more more seen by others, like you know, or or respected by others, like because I, I feel like did with Dustin when he was nice to you, then everyone else is nice yeah. to you. So like proximity, sort of like understanding proximity, that proximity yeah. to men sort of gave me some sort of heightened sense of like, oh, I am sort of somehow I have absorbed some kind of worth from this. Yeah. But um, is that the reason? Is that just like a fallout of it? Or is that the reason of the crush? Do you know what I mean? I think it's a symptom of it. I don't yeah. think I was sort of out here trying to be like, well, if Dustin likes me, then more people will like me. Mm-hmm. But more so of like, oh, this is sort of, like I cannot access sort of what this joy is if I'm by myself mm-hmm. and like I can't sort of access, you know, what it means to sort of be looked at in a way that isn't content mm-hmm. um, sort of without the presence of another body kind of not even doing that much, but just sort of existing Being and not hurting mine, you yeah. know? Are you like at this point, are you fantasizing? Are you like thinking about these people like 
when they're not in front a of you? A little bit. Or... Yeah, I would you... say I, I yeah. thought about Brian a lot. Um, I would say that I think it was like my understanding of like, oh, this is sort of like what a man is mm-hmm. and sort of how do I model myself knowing that this is the template for the other side of things. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately what that, what you end up doing there, especially because I was so much younger is like really kind of fucking myself up a little bit with sort of that unachievability. Sure. Um, and so it sort of was like, I would say that Brian was a formative crush for me because sort of his, I was able to sort of project my image of what I wanted sort of myself to look like or what, how I in relation inside, to like, him, in relation mm. to sort of him and sort of like what he was able to show me, you know? Yeah. Um, that's so, so that's crazy sort of, though. That's like, that's, I, I kind of, I like, I like love shit like that though. Like it's like not good. It's not fun and good, but it is interesting that it's like, yeah, like our honestly, our our desires can really say. I mean, I'm not like revolutionary right now, but like our desires can <laughs> can tell us so much as about like who we are that in a way that nothing else can. I do. I really do think. Well, like, it was sort of the, the crush where I was like, even after it had faded, or like not faded, but sort of like even like once the show ended and we didn't sort of see each other on a day to day basis, it still sort of was like I kind of carried the crush with me past sort of mm-hmm. our interactions. In the sense of like, because on one hand, it was like completely terrifying to sort of know that you were attracted to this person, that you looked a certain way, that you wish you didn't, and that obviously yeah. they'll never like you back because you're a child. Um, <laughs> and it would be weird if they did. Um, yeah. and, but then also to sort of be like, feel incredibly anchored by that same crush in a way where it's like, okay, I understand myself in proximity to this body. And even once we're apart, like I can't go back sort of yeah who like I was before it. sort of this crush entered I've seen who I want to become yeah and like that crush was sort of a tool that sort of got me there I mean that's um, huge. even if that wasn't the initial intention yeah um but sort of like that was sort of I guess we could say that that was we could say a jumping off point for me in terms of understanding kind of like gender identity body sure. dysphoria yeah etc cetera, etc cetera. and still not really having you know a lexicon for any of that but like feeling it on sort of like a underneath like the bones kind of way. Yeah. Do you think you continue to um, like off of that realization or off of that, you know, just uh, like, like the effect of, of him as a crush, like, do you continue to desire like manly man jock? Guy? Unfortunately. Yeah. Like to and this like, day, you think a little it. I mm-hmm. think it's sort of like I don't even I like I don't necessarily want to like do any kind of like <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't want to think deeper than the surface but sure. on this because I just I'm I, it is something that I'm sort of like trying to wrap my head around of like the desire for some sort of like very concrete visibly like masculine presence while also understanding that ultimately even that is a performance and even that sort of has its failings and oftentimes for women like me those failings can be extremely volatile violent um Mm -hmm. fatal etc and so there is like a part of me where like every crush that i've had sort of since brian has always been shrouded in like this kind of mist of danger just like a little bit um and i think it's sort of like Mm-hmm. I don't I don't really know how to sort of describe it past that at this point, but it is something that I've 
been sort of beginning to kind of think through, which is like ultimately why. Well, I mean, there's danger in your first crush of Dustin because he's your bully, you know. For sure. Like, and maybe this is just kind of like maybe my kink is to be bullied now. I don't know. <laughs> well, I would say that now you bully. Now you nag. Now I Deflate. nag. Now I nag. I have taken back the nag. Yeah. Um, I've I reclaimed mean, the nag. There's, there's got, well, there's something you, there, you know. Have I told you about sort of like my psycho kind of like MFA experiment? No. <laughs> so like there are, I don't even know if I should just sort of speak this on air, but I will. Um, <laughs> you don't have, have to. Nothing like, to lose at this point. We're all in self isolation. Um, but like my thing now is like I've been trying to get just one straight guy in the program, just one straight dude in the program to call me faggot one Stop! time, just one Why? time, just one time because just to I'm see like, what it would do my, for you. <laughs> just to see, well, also just to sort of see if like I can sort of reclaim like a smidgen of sort of what it felt like to be called that in my youth when I did not want it. Mm-hmm. Versus now when I sort of have effectively reclaimed that for myself, I've come out as, you know, a trans woman. I'm very proud of who I am. Yeah. And I, that is a word that I've reclaimed and that I've sort of given, you know, myself and that I like use with close friends in the community, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and like for me, that has become like a very, rec- like it, it, from a source of pain, I've sort of taken this word and made it something that works for me. Sure. Where like that pain is no longer present. But there is like this like super sick part of my brain that's I'm like, but like it matters ultimately like whose mouth that word comes out of. And yeah. it's sort of like, I want to know or I want to sort of test my comfortability with that word still from like the vantage point. You feel like you who, won't fully reclaim it until a straight guy says it to you? <laughs> I, I feel it? like it. Well, <laughs> now that I can kind of accept it, well, yes. And then also there's this thing where I'm like, Every time I didn't want to be called a faggot, there was a, always a straight man present to call it to me when I did not want it. Yeah. And now that I want it, none of the straight guys want to tell me. <laughs> and it's sort of like, why do they get to sort of define, again, the parameters of the yeah. transaction? How selfish is of them? They're still how so controlling. Of, how selfish of them to be good people. <laughs> yeah. To know their place. I mean, old experiment, but I also think... um, It's a failed experiment. We can call it what it is. It's a failed experiment. Because the thing is, is like, you don't, you also don't know what that's going to make you feel about that person, that straight guy who finally does it. And it's like, okay, really? Well, there's like a part of my brain where I'm sort of like, you can't be mad if this is what you're asking for. If you're asking for it, you're not allowed to be mad. But then there's But you're also always allowed to be mad. But I'm also like, I obviously will hold it again. Like, the fact that (laughs) you agreed to it says a lot yeah <laughs> like, exactly that's why you can't do it the fact that you jumped at the chance so maybe the real test is sort of like do they refuse yeah 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 i think i think um the ones that refuse should keep them around are pretty good are good yeah, yeah pretty for nice. sure. are good eggs and so far all of them have so they're all very good eggs yeah yeah and it turns out i'm the cursed one i'm the cursed one <laughs> you are just trying to start chaos for people <laughs> It's I do very it for my people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that's, I mean, I feel like I know why Brian is like very formative um, to you. Do you think that, um, how did you feel about crushes going forward? Like were, because of that, was that, were they like exciting to you? Was it scary to you to like have a new crush? Is it like, oh, what is this going to tell me more about myself or or what I want? Or, like, how are you yeah. feeling about romance? I think I was, 
Yeah, I think with Brian, I was so shy about my desires and like I wasn't able to sort of verbalize them to anyone. I felt really embarrassed about Mm -hmm. it. Um, I also felt kind of cliche about it because every I could see that everyone else was yeah, also desiring <laughs> That's the sort of voice that desire would almost be like a moot point, sure. which is like, yes, and. Um, yeah, um, of course. Okay, water is wet. And <laughs> it's sort of like, but then past that, you know, I was sort of like in crushes, like I understood myself to sort of never want to feel kind of like burdened by sort of the weight of that crush in a way mm. where I couldn't talk about it. And so now I've sort of gone the complete other direction where like now all I do is essentially talk about who I have a crush on and why I have a crush on them. And most of the crushes now I find are like kind of like crushes built on, and this might be true for all crushes really, which is like the projections that you sort of do onto a person to make them look a lot better to you, even if they don't sort of have the really great qualities that you're like heightened fantastical version of the past. Sure. Um, but like holding on to sort of that image and then balancing it with sort of who they are as people. I find that very fun. Does Um, that take away some of the power then? Do you feel like you were having a time? Do you feel like crushes had like too much power when you were younger? Like maybe or, or no, I would say that they definitely had a power because ultimately I was able to kind of define who I was based on them yeah or based on sort of like the energy that I got from them or sort of the information that I could glean from them um and then sort of like turn it into sort of who I ultimately learned (laughs) I was yeah um now it's a little different we're like in high school past like theater like I had a crush on um a boy who was like in the year above me and so it was very much like and he was gay and out and he's still gay. Um, <laughs> and out. And I was like obsessed with this kind of like person. Um, obsessed and because I could sort of, I didn't know much about him and we never had conversations. So it was really easy to sort of make up a narrative. Yeah. And sort of run with that. Um, and so I you're think content crushes, to do that. You, you have been yeah. content to do that. Since. I've been content to do that. And then obviously, because it's sort of like once you get to kind of like know the crush and then they sort of chip away at like the heightened version that you've created for yeah, yourself, just it totally becomes sort of like, oh, how disappointing. Yeah, you're um, just a person, boo. You're just a person and you have like flaws. And yeah. I have flaws and look at us. Um, but like I was deeply sort of obsessed with this one person in high school who I thought was so beautiful he went to a lot of raves, which was like, <laughs> no one told me that that would be a red flag. Um, <laughs> oh, but friend. <laughs> but like he wore, like he also had like hair over one eye, you know, like very much, like kind of a vicious jawline. Mm, yeah. Um, just like so vicious. Slicing. Uh, cutlery. Yeah. Um, just amazing. And like also had like the facade or like the air of like, you know, a masked jock. Like I think he played sports or something i don't huh. know um he has the sport he has like an i play sports vibe i don't think he has that anymore now he sort of has like i go to circuit parties every weekend vibe um sure. which is fine everyone does their thing <laughs> um, but at the time it was sort of like that was sort of the first test where i could sort of control kind of how i felt about it at any given moment because it's not like we were like having conversations with each other or forced into sort of spaces with one another oh, okay. but occasionally i would like see him at Trader Joe's on campus and it would be like a uh, kind of like <laughs> a jolting moment yeah. um, that like he never got to sort of like be aware of 
Um, and I think that's sort of a self, like a defense mechanism I have too, where I'm like, if I have a crush on you, I will do everything in my power to make sure that you do not know that I have a crush on you. Why though? For fear of rejection, fear of like, is you is you projecting? Does that have to do more with fear in relation to you, or fear in relation to finding out that they're not as good as you want them to be? Um, it's not even sort of that. It's just kind of like I think what happens is that I am comfortable, kind of like I feel most comfortable when I get to sort of dictate the parameters of the fantasy. Yeah, And so it's like the second that they involve themselves in any sort of way, I lose that kind of power and control over sort of what that is. And then I sort of, and I, I feel extremely vulnerable and sort of like, um, I don't know, it makes me feel less secure. Sure. <laughs> and I think a lot of that, and not to sort of like get heavy or anything, um, but it <laughs> is, I, I would I know not to necessarily get heavy about it, but I think like a large part of that too is sort of taking sort of my understanding of crushes and sort of how to, how I um, kind of absorb <laughs> my understanding of my crushes mm-hmm. and then sort of balancing that next to sort of my history with, you know, sexual assault and sort of what is my comfortability level yeah. in terms of sort of like letting kind of like a man have some sort of say in what our dynamic kind of, yeah. is outside of like mild friendship or um just like friends you know mm-hmm. um so i've always been very sort of guarded in that sense where it's like my fantasy is sort of something that i get to sort of take and control and that's something that i can call mine and i don't want someone's fingerprints on it in the same way that like i might not feel comfortable you know extending past sort of that initial crush stage anyways yeah because i still haven't sort of entirely resolved what those sort of moments of sexual assault have ultimately like done to me, you know? And so there is like sure. kind of a processing on both of those levels that I feel are in constant kind of conflict with each other. But in the like, fantasies that you're having or like that you are controlling, do do you have control also in the fantasies? Do you know what I mean? Like what are, what are the, what's like your, like when you're, when you're thinking about a crush, like what uh-huh. is, what are, what are we like, you know, what what are the scenarios? What are what are what are we dreaming them to be? Like, do you still have the? Does the control extend into that? You know, because like you can control it as its own right. narrative and like be safe in that. But like in the narrative, are you also in control, or do you feel that um, you can be freer I mean, in the narrative? I feel like I can be freer in the narrative, and I feel like I can also sort of kind of like play around with sort of what information I'm able to kind of reveal to that person, if that makes mm. sense. Where it's like, I could tell my whole life story to the fantasy of someone. Um, and then I can sort of tailor their reaction to sort of like what I would want that reaction to kind of be. Yeah, um, It's very different sort of explaining your life story to a physical person that's sort of like there in the moment and you have to kind of roll with their reactions because you have no sort of control over it. Mm. Um, but then also there's like, you know, I can sort of make it so that, oh, like, I have a crush on this person. Like, I can imagine, like, what their taste might be and how our taste might line up. Mm-hmm. Um, even if their taste is ultimately, like, completely different than mine. Like, I don't have to know that. I don't need that information. Um, I don't know. I also, I mean, I'm, like, very, ultimately, I keep saying words like power and control, but, like, I'm ultimately, mm-hmm. like, extremely vanilla as a person where I'm, like, oh, like, in my fantasy, we are having like 
book club and we're talking about this like novel and you have great thoughts about it like i'm so enraptured by the way that you've wrapped your head around this text yeah you know like no, that, that sounds lovely it's like oh like the way that you pick up the charcuterie board is like fascinating to watch just like on an anthropological like on a like a social level it oh just my looks god no i completely you know? relate just, to like, that small that's things like, like that that's like a, an obsessive sort of see that's the thing i do think that um that that's just very romantic thinking you know you have, like you probably have a great handle on progressive politics like, sure <laughs> sure yeah but also like your radical. finger does a little thing when you fucking you know i don't know like pick up a sandwich yeah, you like scrunch up your face when you see a bee you know like this is like really giving me flashbacks to um when i was in smfa pre-college <laughs> i i did a <laughs> video project called i'm kind of sort of obsessed with you where i just would yeah. ask people like i would just like take I would be like, can I film you for a second? And they'd be like, Ugh. and I would just like, like I, like I would like someone's nose or I would like someone's freckles and I would just film it like super up close. But I also did this to like teachers at SMFA, which was like so crazy. I was, oh my like, God. I was like, can I film Your you for catalog my thing? Of desire. Yeah. And like, literally it was just like, and sometimes it would be like someone's, someone's hands when they're talking or like oh a God. foot, you know? Um, which is just like so extra, but also like still how I feel, you know, like your archive of one of, of, yeah, yeah. I just gotta like, you know, you see, you see what you see. You want to capture it. Um, I'm an yeah. artist basically. You're an artist. But do you feel like, like, when does, when does a crush, like, do you feel like, when does the, when does the fantasy of the crush become not enough or is it still fun? I think right now, like the fantasy of the crush sort of has to be enough for me currently. Um, And I think it's sort of, and I'm comfortable with sort of being there. Yeah. There are like, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I don't know if you know this, but like, I'm a human being and like, (laughs) there are moments where I feel like lonely, like excessively lonely where I'm sort of like, wow, like it would be nice to sort of have a person that I could sort of come home to and feel like a particular way about um, and sort of know that they'll be there and that we can sort of have that sort of precious dynamic and have that just be something that we share. Like that would be nice to have with someone. There are sort of like things that are preventing me, I think from sort of like doing the next step of whatever the next sort of motion of that would mean or look like. What is the most Um, important thing to you? in 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 the idea of coming home to someone like what what in relation to you like how do they act like what what is like a the most attractive thing to you is it like um about- i think it's sort of like mm. the security of knowing that at the end of the day there is somebody that sort of has understood me mm-hmm. as like a messy person and has sort of decided to remain regardless of that i don't know it's so corny but it's just sort of no, like yeah. I mean I I glean that from yeah, like, just like the security you want to tell of someone like, your life story I want to tell then... someone my life story but I also want to hear I mean I also like I want to hear like you know their life story too etc like it's obvious not like me 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 but sort of like um okay. like I I want to I don't know I don't even really know how to articulate sort of like why it would be important for me to have that other than sort of like to have a person who sort of like isn't 
Well, I mean, if, if, they, if, like, if someone understands your life story and understands where you're coming from on a day-to-day basis, then they will hopefully know better how to know, know how to better, you know, like be a partner, you know, and like be like, yeah, like make you feel nice and special and good. And also like know how to be there for you if you're not feeling nice and special and good. Or that I'm like sort of like worthy of even being treated with like a semblance of like emotional care, you know, like that is sort of like what that would sort of mean, which is like, oh, like I can sort of sort of take the backpack off, you know, Mm -hmm. and sort of like that weightlessness can sort of be there and I can sort of take it and not feel self-conscious about it. Yeah. Is that a thing that you think you can, you can give yourself that or is that like a project? I think I, I mean, I'm, I'm actively working to sort of give it to myself. Yeah. I also think it's like a, a project and it's sort of like, and I would never sort of bestow that labor onto like another person now mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. or ever, honestly. Um, but at the very least, like I feel like it would be a comfort to sort of know that someone could look at it at the very least. And even if they don't want to touch it or like sort of like put their hands in it, like the fact that they know that it's there, but that they're fine that it's there because there's also all of this other stuff too, that is so removed from that. That is so much better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, it's weird to want someone to see a part of you and then also be able to uh, like, understand it but also like ignore it sometimes you know what I mean like yeah it's like I want someone to like I want someone who like I think maybe what I want ultimately is like for someone to know that I'm a gigantic piece of shit and that it (laughs) doesn't matter yeah you know I don't think you're a piece of shit but I definitely but I, I also I know what you're saying like or sort of like even when I feel like I'm a piece of shit like they know that that's not true yeah (laughs) you know yeah and then just and just like and and deal with it and honestly be endeared by it and honestly think it's charming we can be each other's like home base i'm finding that more and more common in like more recent crushes that i've had is like um realizing that when i'm seen even just for like a half a second it's like the horniest thing in the world to me like Mm -hmm. when i i was like i was like talking to someone and and i and we had run into each other like on a train and i saw them like the next day and i was like oh fancy meeting you here blah blah and we were like joking about how i ran into them on the train and i was like oh yeah new york city and i did like a weird thing with like i'm like like oh this city you know and i like did a thing with my <laughs> hands where just like some stupid shit that i always do you know but then he was I like he immediately was like wait who was that who was that girl like he clocked we, that I did like a character. He clocked, he clocked that I, I like that. slid into a bit. He was like, "Who's that girl? Let's wait, wait, like what's her name?" Oh my god! And I was like, and then <laughs> I was like, so I was literally so so taken aback. But then I was like, you know, I like, but he was doing it like playfully. And then I was like, oh, you know, she just moved to New. But I was like, oh my god. Okay, actually, that's addicting to feel like here. you understood that I was just. You know, like you saw me go away for a second, you know. It's like the flea bag sort of like turned to the camera. Literally. And then like the hot priest also like looks at the camera and it's like, wait, no, no, no. You weren't supposed to be there for that. Literally, that was exactly it. And like, like I had that with this person like a few times and I was like, wait, that's I'm ob- I'm obsessed with that. So that's my new thing. Like and, and that can, is powerful, though, to like to to, yeah. to be able to like be like, hmm, I saw that we can move on. But just know that I saw that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Wait, can we briefly talk about our mutual love for Tegan and Sarah's song 19? Yes, I mean, I was going to, I was, I, are you ready to talk about music? Can we do it? I'm, yes. Okay. I want nothing more. Let me just intro. Okay, so, uh, friends, you know this. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when, uh, to close out, before we close out the show, we're going to talk about music that reminds us of being in love and being a smaller person version of ourselves i was gonna close with this one but okay we can close with that we one. don't have to but it just feels like momentous enough um I, how, how do you feel do you have a story about about 19 specifically or the other two or the other, any of them okay i can do i can do like a quick roll call okay um, yeah so you sent me three songs so i sent you three songs the first song is by the i want to say they're portuguese um, the band CSS, yes. who most people sort of know from the song Music is My Hot Hot Sex, which is classic 2006 pop. Please stream <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music. Um, look it up. Look it up if you don't know it. Um, but you sent me. Um, but I sent you the song. Um, yeah. Can we hear it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Red Alert. What's this? Red Alert featuring Rat Attack. Oh wow, so Rat Attack. Can I can I talk over the song? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So the reason I loved the song when I heard it is sort of like it captures it's such a lusty song. Um and it's sort of like kind of so straightforward and plain and it's like lyricism that it's like kind of cringy to listen to when you like are hearing the words of it. And that's sort of how I feel often when I have sexual like feelings on someone where I'm sort of like this is so like I'm posting cringe in the chat like this is so cringy that I have feelings for this person like yeah. how cringy is this moment that like I am sudden like I feel things for like a person um why is that so embarrassing this, for you I don't know because I like to I don't know I think there's like a certain part of my brain that's always like you are you're better than cool, this removed and attacked, uh, attacked. and like you're yeah. And it's sort of like, obviously, I'm not. I'm like a bundle of feelings all the time. And like, I'm very sensitive. Um, and it actually like, someone in the MSA once referred to me as intimidating. And I like spiraled about it for like weeks. I was like, I don't want to be intimidating. I'm <laughs> I'm a fluffy rabbit. And, yeah. But like, I mean, that's obviously. How I, that's how I feel every time someone tells me that I'm intimidating or uses intimidating as a reason that uh, boys won't date me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm I'll like, literally I kill I thought it was you. so but I will also tell you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so fun. We're, I'm like always inviting you basically to like the picnic of my life, you know? Um, yeah. But apparently not. For sure. I mean, and the song too also really centers the cliche of like all dressed up and nowhere to go, which I'm like, that's currently my life right now. And <laughs> like, that's oh, everyone's yeah. lives right now. It should be everyone's lives right now. You should be dressed up with nowhere to go. Stay home and listen um, to this song and dance. It's oh, a bop. Yeah. Through do and you, through. Do you find yourself doing the thing that I do a lot when I um, have a crush, when when I think I'm actually too good for it, which is just go like, just go like, <laughs> who even cares? He's just like a fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. He's just a guy. Yeah. Like, he's literally just You're a boy. Just a- like, he's just like a random, like, boy. Like, who even fucking cares? I'm like... Yeah, like you lift kettlebells. Like I don't even know what that is, you know. So it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah. you probably like have protein powder. And who and, and like, who cares about that? And who like who gives a fuck? Who even gives a fuck? 
Um, like, who gives a fuck about your swole powder? You know, <laughs> like, you're fucking... Your fucking muscle dust. You know how many people have muscle dust? A, a million. You're not unique. You're not special to yeah, me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like. Also, you're like five six. You know, <laughs> like if I put your muscle dust on the top shelf, like what are you? You're gonna close. <laughs> Listen, don't talk about a short king because I'm gonna start thinking about Al Pacino again, and I'm gonna get our <laughs> <ow>, horny. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to the next song that you sent? Yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, okay, this is N Horse Company. N Horse Company. Tell me. It's like such an infuriating band name. It's yeah, just like it dramatically, makes, it hurts but like little it tongue. hurts to say. But this is a song that I would listen to a lot in high school and it sort of was it's like quintessentially emo and like Yes. Um, where it's sort of like like I'm damaged and like you can't have like but I want you to know you know it's it's very like kind of like yeah I've, like, I'm feeling as it as if you've lived a life in the first Twilight movie where everything is a little bit blue <laughs> but, like no one knows why like everything looks a little blue and green and we're like what is this color palette are like, we that's in sort an of aquarium <laughs> yeah exactly I'm just sort of like who's fucking around on the iPhone like <laughs> filters you know yeah um and so this song is sort of like, again, really taps into like my cringy, sentimental kind of like feelings that I find I'm able to most aptly kind of express my cringy desires for people through, through the music. songs that I listen to. Through songs. Um, Are you making song, a you know? playlist? Ooh, this I is could, good. I could, I'll make you a playlist. Oh my God. Let's exchange. Okay, we're dating. <laughs> it's done. We're dating. We're I'll dating. make you a playlist of all of my like Gucci emo songs. Also, yeah. this is just like a great rock song, you know, and it's like, no, you this know, is great. we love it. Um, they're Australian. They're an Australian band. They're oh great. God, Their first two albums Australia. are solid. Um, yeah, so and I would just I can see them. it. You're like, wall- you're wallowing a little bit. You're thinking about. I'm wallowing. I'm started. I'm closed off. You can't reach me, but you want to, you know, but I won't <laughs> let you. But I maybe I do want you on. to. Yeah. It's like, I'm cool. I'm aloof. You see me, then you don't, you know? Yeah. Um, what's going through her dark, twisted mind? <laughs> I want to know. And I, yeah. and, 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 and Truly, thank you for like, sharing your, your mind absolutely, today. Like, chicken soup for the teenage doll <laughs> and let's close it out with i mean i've definitely talked about this song before but like we're back and we're better than ever and we're doing it again um <laughs> this i mean i think this has got the to be re-up. like top five top five for me of this of like these feelings yeah and that is tegan it's and sarah 19. Uh, oh my god can you even believe this First time I told you. It's so good. Oh, they really did that. I don't even know you. Even know you. Yeah, for sure. Just take me back, baby. Take me back to 2007. Don't you love? I feel like my favorite genre of music is when the person just sounds very desperate. You know? Yeah. Like you can almost hear them tearing up while they're singing it. It's just, it's so good. I'm like literally crying. <laughs> like I'm about to start crying like the song is so good they really captured something here that is um, very special and I feel like it's it's also just sort of like 
I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's just like wanting to explode, you know? Well, and it's sort of like you could replace 19 with any other year 23. as a teenager. <laughs> and it's still, I mean, even that, too. Yeah. I'm just like, sometimes I'm just like, I was 14 and I still feel the same kind of things that the song is sort of touching on. Same thing of being 22, 23. I'm just like... Well, that's the thing is nothing ever actually changes. (laughs) I mean, it does, but at the same time, it doesn't, you know? I just fucking love this song so much. Me too. Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for asking me or for having me, you know? Like, I'm, this is so iconic. This, I'm, I, I think this is such a good episode and I think you're amazing and hey, Come back anytime. I think you're as in, as in, I would love to come back. Call me, you know. We didn't even we, you know. I can count all of my crushes on. On I can't. I, I, can't. I, I, I messed up the metaphor. I really am so sorry. <laughs> I have too many crushes and for both of my hands. And you're supposed to be a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I no, cannot. I don't have any that facility with language. That was math. Yeah, that see, was actually I'm math. Not good at, I always make jokes about how I should just go into STEM, STEM be a woman but I feel in like STEM. I would, I feel like I would ruin people's lives. <laughs> I honestly think, but I kind of see you with like little glasses and a ruler. <laughs> I love that. And that's honestly kind of hot to me. Like cat eye glasses one and ruler. a ruler. I'm like, I You're can like, only do, I can only do STEM. STEM if it's a foot. <laughs> exactly. Anything past that I can't do. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I can only handle 12 inches. Spencer, do you want to plug anything? Um, plug that twit. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever said. Wait, wait, plug that what? I said plug that twit. <laughs> oh, God. It's I pretty mean, gross. I hate that I said my that. Twitter handle, <laughs> my Twitter handle is at Burrito Thief, but Thief is spelled wrong where the E and the I are switched because someone took the actual spelling of Thief. Wow. And I can't change it. I can't change it. So my ad is Burrito Thief. And then on Instagram, it's like Spencer Freak. These are like really pathetic usernames. <laughs> I just want to say, like, I know that they are. Like, I know that they're bad. No. Um, and I can't do anything at this point. And I wish that I could. And it's, it's called, just sort of a mistake of use. It's brand continuity, never... though. You have to keep it going. You That's know? true. You can't change it. Everything I touch is messy. Um, yeah. Well, I do hope you have you... anything to plug? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so funny. Plug this. Plug my mouth, Rebecca. Oh my God! I'm listen. I'm looking for love. <laughs> no. uh, I nothing. I have nothing to plug. Um, I'm looking for love too, but not too much. Yeah, I hope that you find a nice little groove of, um, you know, doing a little little texting, flirting if you want to be doing, or even just thinking about doing a little <laughs> flirtings. You know? I have been thinking about it a lot. Like, Honestly, at some point, I will probably crack, and I'll probably text you before I do it, just to make sure that I'm not going to get like a lawsuit the next day. Please do, please do text me, and I and I don't think you'll get a lawsuit, but I do think like I mean I'm realizing my me in in the days of being laid off, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm really trying to return to fantasizing as I as I <laughs> once did, you know. For sure, that's all I can. That's all we can do, and really, in our how in our are you little, doing? Bad. No, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm <laughs> podcasting. <laughs>